0: Hello, rising entrepreneurs. Welcome back to Student Entrepreneur 101. For this episode, I will be speaking with DeAndrea Taylor, founder and CEO of Mindset and Milestones, a social enterprise that creates entrepreneurship curriculum to help teachers empower girls with the tools needed to solve big problems and create the careers of their dreams. DeAndrea is a UCLA alum and currently pursuing her PhD in higher education. For this episode, we will be speaking about DeAndrea's experience with Mindset and Milestones Milestones and her entrepreneurial journey. Keep listening to hear what DeAndrea has to say about mindset and milestones, the startup process and more. DeAndrea, hello, and welcome to Student Entrepreneur 101. Thank you for coming onto the show. Please say hello and share one recent entrepreneurial breakthrough you and your team have had.
1: Hello. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, One breakthrough we've had recently, we actually relaunched our product. So we took some information that we got from our first five pilot sessions. We figured out what needed to be changed and added, and then we just did an official relaunch. So we're excited about that.
0: That's awesome. And you know, that's exactly what's important about being an entrepreneur letting the market guide your product, your service, really putting it out there and leaving it open for the market to guide your direction and you know bouncing off those ideas and those you know suggestions and that's you know that's what it's all about iteration. So DeAndrea, let's start a conversation by going to the very beginning of your journey. I think it's important to understand that entrepreneurship can take many different forms in all of our lives. You know, there isn't just one start on our journey to entrepreneurship and building the business of our dreams. So what was your first experience with entrepreneurship and how did that play a role in setting you down the path of
1: entrepreneurship and ultimately where you are today? So my institution, I, I attended UCLA for undergrad, and one of the best things about our campus is that we are full of innovators. There are innovative people all around starting podcasts and, and businesses and just really taking advantage of opportunity and so my first exposure to true entrepreneurship was actually an internship with a woman who was starting a company she was in an MBA program and my fresh the summer of my freshman year i became her first intern and pretty much only person kind of working for her and i did everything from you know taking the tags and making them from scratch to hauling clothes all over the place and really just getting that full sort of very gritty experience with entrepreneurship. If there was something that needed to be done, it was the two of us doing it. There was nobody else. There were no departments to call. It was just sort of figuring out what needs to be done right now. I learned how to do cold calls. um, Terrifying, by the way, but I think they're a great skill to learn. And then also cold emails and outreach and just also figuring out how to pitch. There were a lot of really great things I learned from that experience. So I think it really gave me a strong launch pad.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing. And that's really inspiring. And that just goes to show that whenever there's, you know, an internship or a business or, you know, a business program available to you or in your community, um, there, is, there is an opportunity for entrepreneurship and to, you know, get your foot in the door and start that journey and lucky for us that you took that that step and led you down this road and ultimately on the on the show today so thank you and that's that's an awesome start what i want to dive into now is ideation so if you know what inspired the idea behind mindset and milestones if you could maybe share like the moment of inspiration where were you who were you with and what was going on at the time
1: sure so mindset and milestones started as a problem. And honestly, that's a really big one for me. I believe that every sort of true entrepreneurial endeavor, and that's what separates it from like regular business or sales, uh, is that you're aiming to solve a problem and that you can articulate what that problem is. The problem that struck me was I was, you know, thinking about why we don't have enough women in leadership, why we see these dichotomies happening where, you know, women are overrepresented in universities and colleges and credential programs, but we're still not even at gender parity in politics, in full-time faculty positions, um, and, you know, there's a lot of places that we can look. Entrepreneurship, right? Who, who gets venture capital? Who becomes the CEOs of Fortune 500 companies? So when I thought about that, I was trying to figure out, like, what is the disconnect between what we're learning in school and the things that will help us to close these gaps in our society? And my conclusion really was that the kinds of skills we needed were not the kinds of skills that we were learning. We needed to figure out what risk looked like. We needed to explore making mistakes and figuring out how to bounce back from them. And that's not to say that women can't do them. It's more that the way that our society works, the way we've been socialized, we're taught often to do the things that are safe, to do the things that are, you know, um, less daunting or to forge or go forward with paths that are already forged for us, as opposed to blazing new trails and figuring out new things. And that's something that I would say on average, men are far more likely to be taught how to do. So this isn't an intrinsic problem. It's not something we're born with. It's that women are, are routinely, it's as it's as far back as the playground, right? Like you fall off the monkey bars and your mom tells you, you know, don't do that again. But your little brother fell off and, you know, rub some dirt on it and get back on. And that mentality is really, really important if you want a a job that entails a lot of power, because you're going to have to take risks, you're going to have to be comfortable with the fact that you don't make the right decisions. And on top of that, our society still has a problem with treating female and male leaders the same. So I think it was really about trying to find ways to help girls build those skills so that they would be prepared when they got to those opportunities, that nobody could tell them that they didn't deserve to be there, that they had built that sort of self-efficacy. And I moved beyond the word confidence, but self-efficacy and sort of strong sense of, of belonging, even if they have to give it to themselves. And entrepreneurship teaches that. So that's kind of where the idea came from. And then it evolved to a curriculum for teachers because I had built a product for, for girls, um, middle school and high school. I had gave it to some teachers to see if they would give it to their students. They tested it out. They said the girls loved it, but the teachers wanted to teach it in the classroom. And they thought to themselves, like, I can't use this you know, student facing product in the classroom. So they asked me if I had lesson plans. I said, I do not, but I can make them. So where we're at today really was a a response to sharing things, getting feedback and then iterating on what the product should be based on what people were telling us we needed to, to provide.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh, I absolutely love that story because you covered so many important things. You know, you created a product based out of a need to you know break the status quo, not only in the career world but just in society in general. You know, breaking down those like social constructs, especially around women in work and in life, and so empowering and teaching self-efficacy, as you said that's so so important I I definitely have to agree with you there and I think it's amazing the work you're doing and also you know you you presented a product to, to students and then you saw the need to get even further you know like to niche down even further get more specific okay I have a product for girls but now I have a curriculum to teach for girls and you know finding your space in like what that looks like and the future of mindset and milestones. Oh, that's so amazing. I I love that story. If my high school had that curriculum, I would certainly have been interested in taking that. So it's incredible work that you're doing, work that needs to be done. And that's why you're so successful, because you're addressing a real problem. You're providing a real solution to a real problem in schools, in society and everywhere. Um, Let's jump into talking about your launch process. For so many individuals, I feel like the launch phase can be both exciting and stressful time for rising entrepreneurs. So, you know, what strategies did you use for your launch? Um, and you know, what was your experience? How did you feel? And you
1: know, what was it like? It was slow. It was very slow. So one thing about curriculum, it takes a long time to build it. And I think for me in particular, I was really learning some of this as I was writing. So I went, I got internships and I picked up a minor in entrepreneurship and I interviewed over a hundred entrepreneurs, like really trying to dig into this process, even tried some random one-off business ideas myself just to kind of get a feel for what it looks like to build something. And when it came down to it, launching was really about getting over myself and i didn't do a big launch because honestly i needed to test the curriculum and see if it worked how people felt about it and that's the an ever evolving process um so my first thing was i was like i'm committing to building this one product i built the workbook and then i took it to my high school uh economics teacher and I had saw that my high school is actually teaching an entrepreneurship class. I emailed my economics teacher, you know, that at this point I was the third year in college. I'm like, I need you to take a look at this thing that I made. And I brought it to the class and he looked at it. He's like, you should be teaching this class. This is great. So uh, he asked me, he's like, so can I buy one? I was like, um, sure. And so at this point, my book was I made it myself on PowerPoint. I just changed the, the landscape or the, I changed the background eight and a half by 11, like a a letter size piece of paper. And then I printed it out at my house. And then I went to Staples and got it bound together for $7. And so that is what I brought to him to show him what I made. And he asked, can I buy this? And I said, I can. Yes. And he asked, how much does it cost? And I said, $35. $35. I had not committed to a price yet. I was not even expecting to sell anything. So I said $35. And he said, okay, I want to buy 13 of them. I was like, okay, um, <laughs> great. And he asked, when will they be done? I said, two weeks. I made all of this up. I had no idea how I was going to get them printed. What was, I, I didn't know. So that happened. I go home. I find 48 hour book prints press, whatever it was called at the time. Uh, I sent in my stuff and they sent me back 15 copies that I ordered in two weeks, uh, less than two weeks. And I was able to get them in his hands in two weeks. He tested them out with his students. I got more feedback. I made a second iteration and I kind of continued to repeat this process with new organizations, selling workbooks, asking for feedback, really trying to engage. And that's the other thing I can't stress enough in the process of launching something, whether you decide to do a big launch or you decide to do one that's a little bit more gradual, like mine, really try to be in the process. Like I talked to pretty much every girl that ended up getting one of my workbooks and asked them, what did they like? What did they enjoy? How did this feel? How was that thing? I even had boys test my book. Cause I was like, you know, is this, are the assumptions that I made? about whether or not this would work better for boys or girls, are those assumptions right? What I found was um, my book is more about social emotional learning and tapping into your emotions as part of building something than it is about gender. It's just so happens that, are, that girls are more likely to one, find these concepts valuable to explore and two, to actually give themselves to the experience. But the boys that I had who decided to give it to, you know, give it the full experience and put their emotions into it, really, really loved it. So there's a lot of valuable insights you're going to get by really talking to those first customers and seeing what they think and trying to iterate based on their feedback as much as possible. So use whatever you can get from your launch to make the next version better.
0: Yes, absolutely. And, you know, you you made so many really really good points there. You know, when it comes to launch some, sometimes you just need to lay the real groundwork behind it, get that market validation what you're talking about with, you know, your high school economics teacher and, you know, seeing okay people want this product, people need this product. All right, what does pricing look like? What does quantity look like? You know, how am I sourcing my product? And so that's some really amazing, you know, you just walked us through all those really important steps that, you know, need to be taken when it comes to the launch process. And thank you for that was so so real, you know, the uncertainty but then the determination. Like, you know, it that's the that's the thing about entrepreneurship. You find ways to make it happen, especially when you have something valuable that you know needs to be shared. One thing, so we are talking about how mindset and milestones eventually transformed into a curriculum. And one thing that you've been able to bring to the curriculum is how to finance your business. And you include so, so many different, like really important topics from ideation to testing. But one thing in particular about finance is just, it's so important to understand, especially as a first time entrepreneur, or all entrepreneurs, how to finance your business idea, you know, Can you share a little bit about this? You know, what do student entrepreneurs need to know when it comes to finding out, when it comes to really understanding and controlling finances
1: in this entrepreneurial journey? I cannot stress enough the value of a minimum viable product. It's a buzz sort of topic in the entrepreneurial space, but if you haven't heard it before, a minimum viable product is essentially a basic representation, not even necessarily a full prototype, but a basic representation of what it is that you're trying to build, what solution you're trying to offer. And then you use that solution or you use that MVP to talk to people, to test it out, to learn things. And so really my first version of my workbook was a prototype, but it was free. It cost me $7 and time to make it. So my biggest advice, especially for student entrepreneurs in particular, you know, sometimes we get bogged down with the fact that, you know, we, I need investment. I need thousands of dollars. I need to do this and this and this. You don't, you just need to figure out where you want to start. And so my starting point was, I am going to build a basic version of this curriculum or of this, you know, workbook and see what happens. I made it myself. I did not hire a designer. I used the resources at my disposal, the printer at my house, the free printer paper that I was given courtesy of my parents, but that might be a school library or a student activity center for you. I always tell my students, build your MVP for next to nothing. The goal is to spend almost no money testing whether or not people want this. And so when I brought my $7 prototype to my old uh, economics teacher, that that's all I had spent. And based on his purchase, that was $420, which was about $413 of profit that I now had to work with. Is it lots of money? No, but it was enough for me to now go print those new workbooks for, you know, cost of goods sold. And then the rest of the money left over, I used to hire a graphic designer to take what I had built, turn it into something pretty that I would feel comfortable or confident bringing to people. I took that money And then I brought this, you know, pretty like new version to a nonprofit that was trying to teach entrepreneurship to girls. I talked to them, had a very similar conversation to to my economics teacher where I brought it to them. They said, we love it. Um, And I said, great, you know, how many do you want to buy? And they're like, well, you know, we were not sure. I said, well, I do give volume discounts. Again, making it up, you know, you go with it. Um, they said, great. How many do you have to buy to get a volume discount? I said, 50. They said, what's the percentage of discount? I said, 8%. Again, not, not, not sure where this is coming from. Just like, this is what I think is a good decision right now. So we're going to do it. And <laughs> after the conversation, they said, okay, sold. we're going to buy 50 copies. Uh, when can you get them to us? And I said two weeks. So I did the same thing again. They gave me a check for, I don't remember math, but maybe somewhere in the order of like $1,500, that was more money for me to say, here's what I need to spend to get these printed and delivered to them. And now I have You know, 500 or even more. I don't remember the numbers, but I have now this new, slightly larger pile of money that I can use to take the next step. And I used that next step to hire a business designer who could help me build the logo and really sort of start to put a brand together. And then went back and redid my workbook based on not only feedback, so changing components of the workbook, but also giving it a stronger brand feel. So I didn't have, you know, a, a large stack of money to start from. I really started with $7 and you just kind of continue to move forward. But all throughout this process, again, I'm also getting validation about whether or not this is something people really want. So they're paying me for something that I feel is inferior to what is the best I could do, But that means that I'm feeling a need. So the point being, don't, chase money right away you want to figure out whether or not this works do as much learning and testing as possible and then once you have that once you have an idea that's stronger especially our student entrepreneurs you can go out and compete for pitch competitions and you know fellowships and all of those things i think at this point i've won about thirty thousand dollars in um wow you know initial funding from mm-hmm. this idea that I was able to prove was more than an idea. I used sort of those early steps to validate that I'm really working on this and moving forward. And now I need some money to inject into it to really make it grow. So I use money from those competitions for you know getting um, websites set up and figuring out my financials and eventually building out an online curriculum because that's what the market was telling me they were interested in. So it's all about... Using what you have at your disposal right now, there is a way. You just need to figure out what it looks like.
0: Absolutely. That was just a perfect example of how, you know, when you're a student or when you're just starting out, do not, do not be intimidated or don't hesitate just because of resources, especially when it comes to you understanding, you know, what are the financial Liabilities of launching a business, you know, you can start with as much as seven dollars, you know, your own printer, and then eventually scale. You get a graphic designer, and then you scale again, and then you get a website and online, you know, you build an online iteration of your product. And that is that is a really amazing story. Thank you for walking us through, you know, step by step how you were able to scale, you know, and. And it wasn't all about the money at first, you know, it was just figuring out, you know, what, what works, what doesn't work. And, you know, what is the, what does the market want right now? And then eventually if you follow the market demand, you know, everything will fall into
1: place because you're providing a value and, you know, the money, the money came. (laughs) That's the best sign. Honestly, when I, when you go into a meeting looking for advice and they're asking you if they can buy it, you know, you might have something (laughs) because I, I didn't go into those meetings with prices in mind. I didn't expect them to buy, but it was, again, great validation for me to see that I put this in front of them and they're not telling me it's good. They're asking me if they can spend money on it. That's what you want.
0: Yes, absolutely. And that's exactly what you did. And for those of you listening, I hope you're taking notes because this is like an exact start to finish, you know, a really, really good, you know, responsible and realistic way to scale your business you know, without moving too fast, but just taking those gradual steps and eventually, you know, growing your business. And that that's amazing. Thank you so much, DeAndrea. You know, you have worked so hard. We, I mean, you just walked us through the journey. First taking, you know, mindset and milestones to your high school economics teacher and then to a nonprofit. You have worked so hard to introduce mindset and milestones to many classrooms and to many different, you know, spaces. I mean, after all, you know, every girl deserves an opportunity to Thrive and, you know, feel confident and empowered in not only the career space, but also equally as importantly, the business and entrepreneurship space. You know, as an educational product, what are the methods you have used to increase the number of places that mindset and milestones has been able to reach? You know, when it comes to growing, we've talked about, you know, financially scaling, but when it comes to your reach, you know, what are some methods that you found really helpful along your journey?
1: I mean, transparently, I'm still figuring out what works best for us. You know, like I do podcasts and things of this nature. I might also, you know, provide some free workshops. It's really, you know, a a trial and error process. I will let you know when we find our thing, but I also, for anyone who's listening and they're like, why hasn't my business blown up yet? Like, It takes time (laughs) to figure out what marketing channels work for you. So the best piece of advice I can give when trying to determine what that is, is to think about what you, where you want to find your customers and what frame of mind you need them to be in. So we've gotten a lot of great leads from me doing podcasts and interviews on like educational platforms and things of that nature. Because when people, when teachers are listening to those podcasts, they're there because they trust people who are putting those podcasts together so there's a level of credibility that's afforded to you just by being a a guest on those particular shows or you know writing guest blog posts for your business it might be that you need to find your customers somewhere where they're having fun or somewhere where they are you know excited or feeling inspired and motivated like knowing what those emotions are and where what frame of mind you need people to make a choice to go with you that's kind of where we're at now just listening to what seems to be working but also trying to be in the mind of our customers where do we need them to be and what do we need them to be thinking about when they see us whether that's an advertisement or me talking or what have you where did they need to be mentally for us to feel like the right decision to make in that moment
0: yes yes definitely you're absolutely right because you know what you're talking about is really just understanding who your customer is you know who your audience is your target audience and If you know your customer, you know where they're spending their time, you know what spaces they're in. And that's so, so important when it comes to, you know, connecting with them and gaining their know, like and trust and eventually, you know, being able to introduce your product to them and get it into their hands. That's that's so important. And I love it. It's still a work in progress. It's still a learning experience. And, you know, that's what it's all about. DeAndrea, you have shared so much valuable information. Where can the student entrepreneurs listening to our conversation today learn more about mindset and milestones and where can they find you?
1: Yeah. So if you want to learn more about mindset and milestones, we have a website, mindset, the letter N milestones.com. Um, and then you can also go to my personal website, taylor.com. You can see some of the other podcasts I've done and kind of take a listen. Um, also you can even sort of see how my messaging has evolved over time because I've been doing things like this for a couple of years now, and I'm learning more and kind of changing my perspective and my thoughts. Um, and you know, figuring out what makes sense for me and what I want to share with people. So both of those are great places to start. Um, And then from our website for mindset and milestones, you can also see what products we offer and just get a sense of like how it works. And I mean, everything on there um, is, took a lot of iteration to get to, I promise you, there's not a single thing on our website that was like, this is the first thing we thought of. And it's great. Everything is a work in progress. We've had three different versions of our website. So I think that you know taking this as a lesson as well, and just seeing you know what what makes sense here. What do you like? What do you not like? And if there's anything here you can apply to your business, um, and also feel free to contact me. I love having conversations with other entrepreneurs, especially student entrepreneurs. If there's any ways that I can support you or vice versa, let me know. Um, but that that's kind of the bulk of it. I'm also on LinkedIn. Feel free to add me. Just my name. You
0: guys, this is really, really valuable advice. This is great. Go check out her website and connect on LinkedIn. This is a bit, I mean, DeAndrea, she knows the process and, you know, her experiences and insights can not only help you here, but take advantage of this opportunity to connect with DeAndrea, you guys. Before we go, DeAndrea, what is one final word of advice that you have for those
1: listening to our conversation? I think the best thing I can offer is that, the best entrepreneurs I've ever met are people who are self-aware. If you know what you're good at, what things you shine at, what things you do not shine at and might be better for someone else to take on, use that as much as you can and really try to find ways to supplement, whether that's You know, trading favors with other people who have skills that you don't have, or maybe you have some early funding or early sales that you can use to hire someone part-time, bringing on co-founders, whatever the case may be, really do as much as you can to spend as much time as possible on the parts of the business that you thrive in, because that's going to help you move more efficiently and waste less time. Uh, And also just ensure that everybody who's a part of it is doing the things that make them excited because when they're excited they're doing their best work so don't think you have to do it all yourself in fact you cannot do it all by yourself and I say that as a solo founder so try to to figure out what you like what you don't like what you're good at and then find opportunities and ways to bring other people in to support you it, it does not happen a lot entrepreneurship as much as we like to deny it as a team sport
0: mm-hmm Yes, absolutely. And it's all about knowing your strengths, your weaknesses, and then knowing how to address that, especially, you know, what what's best for the people you're trying to serve, your ideal customers, you know, what's going to bring them the most value. And, you know, it's, that means recruiting a team because, you know, entrepreneurship is not a solo journey, nor should it be. So take it from DeAndrea. DeAndrea, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your inspiring story and your valuable insights with all of the student entrepreneurs listening to this right now. I wish you the best of luck as you empower, you know, the next generation of entrepreneurs out there.
1: Well, thank you so much. And thanks again for having me. I hope it was helpful.
0: That's the end of this episode with Student Entrepreneur 101. Today, we learned the story behind mindset and milestones and listened to DeAndrea share valuable insights to the entrepreneurial process. What did you learn from DeAndrea in this week's episode? What are your top three takeaways? Make sure to head over to Student Entrepreneur 101 on Instagram at Student Entrepreneur 101 podcast and type your ideas in the comment section for this episode. If you liked this episode, please like and share with those you know. Do you want to help someone you know jumpstart their entrepreneurial journey? Then share this episode with them. Guys, I want to know what you like and what you think could be better so far about Student Entrepreneur 101. And I want to know what are you struggling with right now? What problems are you facing that are preventing you from either launching or moving forward with your idea and business? I want to know. Please share what areas you guys want help in because for all you student entrepreneurs out there, this podcast is for you. So let me know how I can best serve you. There will be a feedback form available to you all on the Instagram page. Check the bio for the link. All right, guys, stay tuned for the next episode because I have even more stories, insights, and value to share with you coming soon.